What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode number 47 of the Fantasy Scouts podcast. I am your host, Chad Workman, joined by my fellow scout, Matt Nine. Today on the show, we opened up our mailbag for our Patreon members. Patreon members only, paying subscribers. Again, $7 a month. Go join, um, and you can ask us questions to answer on the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts to sign up. But Matt, let's get into these questions. All right, so as we jump into our Patreon uh, mailbag questions here, some of you might be looking for like combine previews and, and things of that nature. Just want to say like we're we're tracking that stuff and we're going to bring you a lot of combine info next week after it all happens. Um, you know, not really into previewing the combine because it's kind of like we'll see what happens and then react to it. I don't you know, there's nothing that I'm not on the edge of my seat waiting to report Kenny Pickett's hand size or, or whatever. Right. So we'll talk about that stuff next week. Just a heads up for you guys. An entire podcast dedicated to guessing 40 times. Right. Do you know your 40 time, Matt? I knew my 40 time nine years ago. What was it? My best ever. I, of course, I I took up bodybuilding, so I'm 6'2", yeah. 252 right now. But back in high school, I was this height, but about 180. And my fastest senior year, I had a 439. Wow. That's really good for for your size. I uh, it's the strides. Yeah, that's true. I got these small strides. I'm a short short guy. I had to unfortunately give up football because of uh, I played on a couple stress fractures in my back, which just have arthritis now and stuff. But I ran a four nine my freshman year. But I I played baseball prospect camps. I ran a six nine sixty, which the internet tells me equates to a four two flat forty. So I'm going with that. Um, I'd be setting records at the combine if I ran. I'm I'm looking forward to you breaking Usain Bolt's records. Yes, I am now. We'll be training to break Usain Bolt's record. All right, let's get in. Um, you know, w- with that, just if you're if you're looking for some combine info, come back next week. We'll uh, we'll react to everything. But with that, we didn't really have um, you know too much planned for for this episode, so we just decided to kind of open up. Um, our mailbag and get some questions from our patron members so we we took a handful out and we will answer them so the first one we took these from our discord which is a feature of our patreon you get access to our discord you can chat with us and and other members and first question is from rusky 1991 not really a question he just says t-law talk about it so i guess uh you know What's uh, what's in store for Trevor Lawrence going forward, and uh, where do you value him, Matt? Well, now that you ask where I valued him, I just updated our dynasty tier ranks over on ffballallday.com. You can go see those. Those are free, no subscription, no paywall required. Uh, Trevor Lawrence right now is our consensus uh, in tier four. He's a tier four QB. I think I have him in tier three myself, but Rusky's question spawned from this thought of he wants to move off Kyler Murray or he got an offer for Kyler Murray and he wants to 
I don't want to say upgrade, but switch Kyler Murray for Trevor Lawrence and a handful of ones. I think it was a, a one this year and a one next year. And in that scenario, I think I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over just Kyler Murray. And then he told me that his buddy countered back, and it was Kyler Murray for Trevor Lawrence and just a one this year. So no one next year. And in that scenario, I think I'd rather have Kyler. I think Trevor Lawrence is definitely on the rise, and now would be a great time to buy. He's in this fantastic offense with Doug Peterson, who who had Wentz on his campaign season in 2017, his MVP campaign season. And there's no reason to suspect that Trevor Lawrence doesn't reach those same heights, and he was arguably be a better prospect. So I'm all in on Trevor Lawrence. I own him in ooh, roster him in two, two, three, three leagues, three of my five leagues, I believe. So I like it. I was trying to get him in the others, and and they wouldn't go for it. But I'm all about T Law in 2022. I, I think he's going to bounce back in a very, very big way. And this Jags offense, I think, is a sneaky bet to be extremely fantasy friendly. Yes, I would agree with that. I think, you know, I would add that they obviously have the number one overall draft pick. They also have loads of cap space. I think they have the second most behind the Chargers. And there's some good wide receivers out there. I would not be surprised if a reunion with Allen Robinson was in store. That could really help them. And that I don't think that would exclude dj shark from coming back either i would not be surprised if they brought shark back on a kind of one-year prove it deal and then paid like a godwin Allen robinson somebody like that um and there's a lot of tight ends out there too i mean you know they could definitely grab <clears throat> excuse me i don't know a guy like evan ingram who's had his ups and downs with injuries but he's a <clears throat> very good receiving tight end who can split out and, and play out wide or in the slot, just another receiving weapon. I think they're going to make that a priority this off season. They will probably add defensive pieces through the draft, but I think they will prioritize adding offensive weapons to Trevor Lawrence's arsenal. I mean, if you look back, I think the biggest thing for young QBs and their progression is having reliable receivers and pass catchers obviously they have you know two running backs that you know we're big fans of james robinson they got etn coming back as well but i mean i just think this is an offense they'll probably add a tackle and multiple pass catchers to help lawrence and he's got you know however you feel about um you know doug peterson he's an automatic upgrade from urban meyer and so um yeah i think i would not be surprised if trevor lawrence has a huge breakout year um, in terms of cost, I guess, you know, what, where would you place his value? Just like, I also have him in our tier four rankings, but I think, or wait, did you have him in three or four? Consensus has him in four. I think I, I'm pretty sure I have him in three. I can check. I just pulled up mine. I do have him in four, which kind of surprises me. I thought he would be three for me. Um, he is four for you too. I think okay. three three is full of like the aging veterans that still, you know, like your Stafford and Rogers and, and stuff like that. So I think maybe that's why, but I would say he's like on the brink of tier three and I wouldn't be surprised if he shoots up into tier two, you know, midway through next season. But where would you put his value? Like in terms of a draft pick, like, you know, uh, you know, he's still worth like a high one in super flex leagues, right? Yeah, I mean, he's head and shoulders the best player in this year's draft, so I wouldn't even hesitate giving up the 101 this year for him. 
and I might even go beyond that. I might give up a one this year, a 23 one, depending on where it is. That's when it starts to get interesting because I think guys, maybe like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud kind of enter that same stratosphere of prospect. But if it's a late one in 23 or uh, an early this year, and then just a random 24. So two ones for Trevor Lawrence, I would do something like that for sure. I don't think he's a bust. I understand he had a really bad rookie year, but I think that the the coaching staff that's that's been uh, assembled there in Jacksonville is going to do Trevor Lawrence wonders. Now, as far as him reaching the heights of the overall 101, you know, real life NFL quarterback, I don't know. I think that's still in the air. But when we're talking Trevor Lawrence from a fantasy perspective, I do think he's like you said, he's going to take a massive leap this year. Yeah. So just kind of run through some trades here on DLF. He went for. Tua, the 107 and 109 this year. So two firsts and Tua. I take T-Law there. Um, I I think I would, but I also am curious with that's, Tua that's close, Mike though. McDaniel. Yeah, I might. I don't know. I might wait. I would maybe do that, but I would like to wait till closer to the draft and see how we feel about those, those firsts. But um, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley for Tyreek Hill and Pat Fryermuth. I would definitely take the T Law and Ridley side, right? That doesn't seem unless it was premium or something like that. But yeah, I, I, even then, you would still assume it would be super flex. So I, I think for sure I would take T Law. That to me sounds like an owner was panicking on Calvin. Yeah, it has to be. It is a. It's just a. It's a super flex, two tight end, but. No tight end premium, so that's interesting. Um, here's one. Lawrence and a 2022-3 for 2-1, a 22-1 and a 23-1. Yeah, again, I think I'm leaning T-Law just because I don't know where that 23-1 is. But if that 23-1, like if that is your one and you feel rather confident that if your team is going to be bad or the owner – uh, of that one, whoever's team that one is attached to is going to be bad, then I might consider holding. Yep, I think we're pretty much on the same page. I'm going to throw out one more because it, it's close to what we just talked about. But he he went uh, Lawrence and a one for Kyler Murray. That's on DLF. What year is the one? 2022, so this year. Is but it doesn't specify the pick. See, then I think then I would want Kyler. I, because because Kyler is, I mean, in a tier of his own, 24 years old, yeah. Konami code, superstar running back, proven. You know, he's good for 45 to 5,000 a year. I just feel like if I'm if I'm moving Kyler, if I'm the Kyler owner, the, then I'm going to want T-Law a one, and then I'm going to want a one on top of that because while we think T-Law can get there, I'm just not entirely sure that Trevor Lawrence is ever going to be Kyler Murray, but – he could be at the back end of the same tier, I think. At yeah, some that's point. a good. That's a good point. And you also brought up a good point with the QB class in 2023, right? So maybe you push to get a 23 first, where you can kind of hedge your bet a little with that draft class. Exactly, because then you could end up with somebody like, you know, Tre- Kyler Murray for Trevor Lawrence. We'll say like the one five this year, a Brees Hall potentially, maybe not, and Isaiah Spiller is probably more reasonable. So Trevor Lawrence, Brees Hall, and then potentially like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, all for Kyler Murray. Like I'd rather have the package there. For but sure. When, but when you're looking at just like Trevor Lawrence and Isaiah Spiller, I, I think I, I want Kyler Murray there pretty comfortably. 
Yep. So we're on the same page. I, I sorry, sorry. I know I said that was the last one, but I got one more because this is super interesting. Deshaun Watson for Trevor Lawrence straight across. That depends on how you feel. I know there are a lot of different feelings regarding Deshaun Watson. I, I know I've had friends that say they don't, even if he comes back, they just don't want to roster somebody like that, which is fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to condone anything that Watson has done off the field. It's completely unacceptable. But speaking just from a pure, pure fantasy football perspective, when Deshaun Watson is on the field playing football, he is arguably in the same tier as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, he's a top two and a half quarterback in this league. And if you feel comfortable thinking that Deshaun Watson is going to play again, then in a vacuum, you have to take Deshaun Watson. But if you're uncomfortable with that situation and you're unsure, then I think you go Trevor Lawrence. But in a vacuum, just pure off off talent, it's it's Watson pretty easily. Yep, I would agree. I I would. I mean, if, if you can stomach, you know, potentially missing. I mean, because we don't know what's going on with Watson. If you can, you know, if you have two other quarterbacks and and Lawrence is your third. You feel like you're, you know, you can take that shot on Watson. I, I would definitely do that. All right, <clears throat> let's move on to our next question. Um, ATLSB bound, Atlanta's bound. I don't know. He asks, uh, "What's Camara's current value in Dynasty with everything going on? Some people like me want to move him for picks before the draft, but nobody wants to take a chance on him at all." Matt, what a what is Camara's value, and would you take a chance on him or or trade him for picks? Where where are you at on Camara? Man, that's tough. I I think I'm trading him right now, simply because of Sean Payton leaving, true uncertainty at quarterback, his off new off field issues. There's just a lot going on there, and I think I might have been would have considered trading him even before the off-field issues came about. I don't know what you can get for him because in your scenario here that you're stating, you know, nobody in your league wants to take a chance on him, then there's nothing that you can do but hold him. I'm definitely not selling low because as unfortunate as this is, we've seen guys like Ray Rice, Joe Mixon, Tyree Kill, even potentially Deshaun Watson all come back in the league and play again. So while Kamara... Uh, has a video out there of him supposedly allegedly beating this this man up uh, unconsciously. Like it's just so sad, but there's a prop, there's, there's a decent probability he plays again, depending on how the charges go. So if nobody wants him, you have to hold. But if somebody's willing to give you, I don't know if anybody's going to give you market value, but if somebody's willing to give you something in the ballpark, I would seriously consider it. And yeah. I would also anticipate a suspension of some kind. Yeah, I would too. I think at this point, I would, I would try and hold him unless you, you know, yeah, if you're getting market value, but I don't think you are. And I would rather, you know, instead of trying to trade him for some draft picks and just get off of him. I mean, we've seen Kamara produce with different quarterbacks in different situations. Now it will be different without Sean Payton, but a lot of the same guys are there. I think you just wait and, and hope, uh, you know, he has Maybe he's suspended a few games, comes back, has a few good games before the trade deadline next year, and then, you know, and then you can move him. But it, 
it also kind of depends where your team is at, right? I mean, if you're a contender, well, if you're rebuilding, can you afford to just keep holding him? I mean, you might not have a choice, but I would just, I would be opposed to selling a little low just to get off of him. Cause I think he will kind of recoup a lot of his past value. Yeah. I think that's a good point. If you're rebuilding, I think if you can't get a first, the proper Avenue to go, I, I believe would be just garner as many multiple, uh, multiple uh, mid round picks as you can. If you can get two seconds and two threes, take it. If you can get three twos, take it. If you can get, I don't know, somebody's in, two two draft classes of three fours and fives and sixes or whatever then then i would consider that as well because we're just kind of at the point where that you're getting what you can if you feel that uncomfortable but it's not looking good right now i'll say that so i like this one um camara for ridley and the 207 this year i like that like i would a ridley's would be a good target right because there's questions around him um in terms of his situation and when he's going to be back i think he ultimately gets traded to like the patriots or something but um i hope you know he recovers mentally and is able to play but i think he would be a good target for a camara owner that's not bad i could get behind that depending on your team need i'd be a swap of picks of some kind what about um here he was traded for CEH and a first rounder this year, but it doesn't specify the pick. So CEH and a first. Probably take the CEH and a first. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you can get a first and like a starting caliber player, I think that's probably what you do. Cause I mean it's it's a little different in the in the sense, like when we compare this to a, you know, a Deshaun Watson. Kamara not only has off-field issues, we're not even sure what his new role or off this offense, Saints offense, is going to look like. We're in contrast when we look at Deshaun Watson. If he comes back, as soon as he steps on the field, he's a premier player again, you know, arguably top five player in the league. So it's it's a little bit different because I think, like I said, you know, to start this out, I think I would have been looking to sell Kamara even without the off-field issues. Yeah. So there's a lot of hurdles here for Kamara. There are. I just, I just would be very leery of of trading him too early. With, I mean, his value is lower than it's ever been, right? So right. I, I would prefer to wait, um, and hope that rises some. But I, I think your overall point is, is good that there are a lot of questions and things that he needs to clear to get back up to anywhere near that level that he was at. Okay, that is the shtick on Camara. Gross Blue asks, what is your stance, Judy versus Lamb and their outlook? Um, I'll start here. Just, I think <clears throat> Lamb, Lamb certainly has higher value right now. And I think he's, you know, if you're drafting in a startup, like I would take Lamb ahead of Judy. I would have Lamb higher for sure. But I wouldn't be opposed to trying to, trade lamb for judy plus i actually tweeted out the other day that once roger it's looking like rogers is going back to green bay that's kind of what everybody thinks at this point and once he announces that i would go out and try to trade for jerry judy and you know no fan maybe Cortland sutton this offense like 
people have been holding on to them with the hopes that, hey, we're getting this Rogers boost, and that's where they've been valuing them. So those managers are going to be pretty disappointed, and they might not understand that these pass catchers are getting a boost regardless because of this new coaching staff. You have an offensive staff and system now, different from Pat Shermer, thankfully, and they should have upgraded QB play, whether that's you know another veteran they bring in or just simply a product of their system being more QB friendly. So I think these guys are getting a boost, you know, regardless. And I think it people will forget that just because they were hoping for Rogers. So, you know, those managers will be disappointed and I think it would be a good time to pounce. So, um, but you know, I think long-term outlook, I've seen some takes that says, well, Judy has so much target competition with Fant and Sutton, but I mean, Lamb does too, right? I mean, Amari Cooper's there and, and granted, you know, his contract, the Cowboys could move off, but there's been a lot of speculation that the Cowboys want to prioritize Michael Gallup and bring him back. I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, you know, Dalton Schultz is a free agent, but either way, they've always had, you know, three, four or five good pass catchers. And I think they'll utilize Tony Pollard a lot more. Long story short, I love Lamb. He was my number one wide receiver in that that class coming out and I still love his talent, but I wouldn't say he's like worlds ahead of like, if you could get Judy and I mean, Judy in a first, I would, I would for sure do that. I don't know if anybody would be willing. Where's the first? Uh, I would do it for, I would, I would be okay with a late first, but you wouldn't. No, I, I'd want lamb there. Okay. Give us your, I mean. For for me, Judy hasn't done anything in two years to show me that he's worth investing in. And I get that he was hurt last year, but we have 26 games he's played. And we still don't know the quarterback situation. And two guys that play around him, Patrick and Sutton, have been paid big, big time contracts. And Judy doesn't feel like a guy who's going to see a second contract in Denver. And I just, when it, when you were comparing Judy versus Lamb, I think Lamb is overrated, but I think Lamb is clearly ahead of Judy. At least his quarterback situation is stable. They're still trying to figure out what to do with Amari Cooper. There was a report today that said that they're still trying to decide whether to re- restructure, uh, trade, or, or even cut him. Uh, Gallup seems to to be coming back, as you said. Dalton Schultz, I think, comes back. I think they'd be silly to let him leave. That offense operates much better in two tight end sets than not. But at least Lamb is still producing around those guys. He's still a top 24, 25 guy. I haven't seen anything from Judy that makes me want to roster Judy. Like, I get the hype and his route running's fantastic and all this good stuff, but, I mean, he's still got bricks for hands. That was kind of my big concern of him coming out of Alabama is where a guy is as good as people say he is, he drops the football more often than he should. Yeah. I mean, those are all fair points. I think it was a little peculiar to me that the Broncos extended Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, but I still think Jerry Judy is the best receiver there, and I think it goes – forgotten just how rough Pat Shermer and that offense. I mean, it was bad, man. Like they did him no favors and he's, he had 856 yards, you know, his rookie year 
And then all of a sudden last year, granted, he only played 10 games, but 467, his yards per reception went way down. I mean, all of his, you know, his, his number of deep targets and, and ADOT, all that stuff went down because Fangio thought it was, you know, 1980 and wanted to run the ball safe, short targets and play defense. And I just think that's about to change. And I think they'll be a lot closer. I mean, because, you know, a late first this year, you know, if the quarterbacks go. I can think of like five guys in this class I would take over Judy. Two no, years that's ago. fair. But if you're getting Judy and like a, you know, uh, Chris Olav or, I mean, I don't know if he'll be there necessarily like Wilson Spiller, those guys are probably gone. Jamison Williams, maybe. Like, if you get somebody like that plus Judy for Lamb, like, I would I would do that. Would you not? Uh, I don't know. I guess it depends. Like, if all those guys, if all those position guys go early and the quarterbacks drop down, like Pickett, Willis, Corral, like, I'm not really interested in these quarterbacks, so... Like if it's, you know, if you're getting a late one and planning on spending that on a quarterback this year, I don't like that. But if you can get, you know, if the pick is good enough to get one of these, you know, top, I don't know, uh, six, seven, eight position guys. Yeah, like seven, eight position guys, then I would I would take that plus Judy. Because see, here's my issue. I don't think Lamb is a top tier dynasty wide receiver one, like a lot of people say he is. I think. He's more of a, a mid-range wide receiver, too. I think we would both agree. Probably in that 14 to 19 range is probably where he slots in somewhere. And we know this. We know this about Lamb. We've seen back-to-back years. This, we can confidently say, this is what C.D. Lamb is. When you're trading someone like that in that range away for a Jerry Judy and then a rookie who, you know, Jamison Williams in your in your example, coming off the ACL tear, is two question marks for a known, you know, surefire wide receiver too. So I think that's where my hesitation comes in is there is a lot of risk trading away Lamb for Judy Plus. Now, depending on what the plus is, obviously, if you can get something a little more sure on the back end to cover yourself, then maybe. But this isn't me being anti-Judy. I'm all for buying Judy, you know, low if you can get him. Like I, I would pay a late two for him, you know, a couple threes, you know, whatever. If somebody's just trying to get out, whatever have you. But in this scenario, in a one v one, I, th- I think I would need a lot more than just a one on top of Judy. Personally, what about a like early twenty three one? That would yeah. probably do yeah. it, right? Yeah, mid, I would. Mid- I would. Yeah, even mid. I would yeah. I would take I would take a late 23-1 instead of a one this year with on top of Judy. Cause I agree. I've seen these suites out there and and I've I've done the 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 little digging myself. There's probably eight or nine guys in the 23 class that could easily be the 101 this year. Right. That's so probably I would, yeah, I would that... take I would easily take Judy in a mid in a mid 23-1 for Lamb for sure. Yeah. That's probably the move more so trying to get that 23 one. Again, we go back to that again, trying to get that, that 23 one instead of a one this year. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, But I think, I guess just illustrating the point that I think Judy and lamb 
could and probably will be a lot closer in value, <clears throat> you know, a year, two years from now than than where they're at right now. So um, that's, yeah, that's just kind of where I stand on it. Um, okay, who loses, uh, this is from Pete G, who loses value next year between Bateman, Andrews, and Hollywood, or is Bateman simply not as good as those two? What do you think, Matt? I don't think Andrews loses any value. He's the guy that runs the middle of the field, one of Lamar Jackson's favorite targets. I Andrews is safe. We can just take him off the table, top-tier dynasty uh, tight end one. As for Bateman and Hollywood, I don't know. I honestly think it's a coin flip. The Ravens don't have a very good track record of drafting wide receivers outside of Hollywood Brown, who took you know, him until year three to truly break out. We've seen Prochet, Duvernay, who else? Miles Boykin, who else? They signed Sammy Watkins. That was a total waste of money. It's yeah. just outside of Andrews, there's never really been anyone else outside of just a crop of role players. Now, Bateman did a lot of really good things his rookie year. Uh, he did miss some time with injury. When he was on the field, he was targeted at a very high percentage. So, I'm of the belief that I would lean Bateman over Hollywood simply because they have a first round investment in him. And the point of drafting him was to get a big bodied guy to help raise Lamar Jackson's you know, passing to the next level. And we really didn't get to see that last year and which forced Lamar to lean on Hollywood a little bit more. I have a hard time believing that coming into year two that, you know, a system that Bateman's more familiar with finally healthy, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, that we're still only going to rely on Hollywood, who's more of a, a downfield guy or screen guy, rather than Bateman, who can be more mid-range to deep. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense, and I <clears throat> I agree with you. Um, I think a big factor will be this offense and Lamar Jackson, because one thing that I highlighted a lot. <clears throat> during the season last year was how with Hollywood's growth and development, <clears throat> Lamar Jackson had his highest yards per attempt and a dot than he'd ever had. He was one of three guys who was over 10, 10 yards for his a dot throughout the season last year, but his yards per target. If you look, he just game by game, they went down, 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 the last five, six weeks, um, you know, through the first half of the season, he was never below. He had one game below eight, basically. Well, and his last be, five were all below. To be fair, Tyler Huntley played a handful of those games. No, but I'm looking at Lamar's stats. Oh, okay. Like his last foot, not of the season. I mean, like Lamar's yards per attempt in week nine, was 6.5 week 10 was 5.5 week 12 was 5.2 week 13 was 6.8 week 14 he only threw through four passes because he didn't play the full game but 4.3 um you know and you look at his first seven weeks he was 9.2 9.3 10.3 like he was throwing the ball down the field a lot more um which may or may not continue but i tend to think with I mean, for one, Mark Andrews, but also the running game 
you know, they'll utilize that more with Dobbins and Edwards back. And I think, like you said, with the first round capital invested in Bateman, I think, I think they could feature Bateman a lot more. Um, and I think Lamar's yards per attempt is going to be lower than what we saw the first half of this year. Not only that, but I think there's also a high probability they sign Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's true. And then what I, happens to Bateman and Brown? Yeah. I, I just feel like point. this is the very crowded JK Dobbins is going to be back. I honestly, I, the only two guys that I, I feel very comfortable in would be Andrews and Dobbins. That, yeah. That's about it outside of the quarterback position. Like if, yeah. if they truly do bring in AB and then you have, you're deciding between Bateman, AB and Hollywood, I want none of them. Yep. Cause I would you just agree. don't know. Like I, in any of those guys are good enough to take over a game, but it's just one of those things you cannot confidently start them knowing which week is your week. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think Bateman's going to be a trendy breakout pick and I, I don't hate it, but I agree with what you just said. That's a really good point too about Antonio Brown. Cause I've, I've been kind of um, anticipating that as well, but to your point, it gives me an opportunity to talk about JK Dobbins. Um, he was my guy last year, and he obviously got hurt. He has to work his way back, but he was injured so early on, he should have no problem getting back to full health. And look at just, like, Devontae Freeman was a usable, like, what, RB2, 3 for, like, much of the season. Like Absolutely. If you can get the, that production out of Devontae Freeman, like, imagine what Dobbins can do. And Dobbins can catch, catch passes, too. That was something they were going to try to work into – the offense this past season and obviously you know that didn't happen but so many people are just afraid of running backs on a rushing quarterback on a team with a rushing quarterback and if you remember Matt I did that study and wrote about it and yes the rushing quarterbacks take some of those touchdowns but there tends to be more opportunities and just the threat of a quarterback keeping the ball on like an RPO or you know, whatever, just that threat is enough to pause the defense and shift them a little bit enough to completely open up lanes. And I think Dobbins could be in for a huge year. I think he could very well be an RB one. Absolutely. I I fully agree and support that. I'm assuming he is truly healthy off post post ACL. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of my takeaway with, with the Ravens. I'm, I'm with you though. Andrews is, elite other than that i think you're you're just not sure how how it's going to shake out and none of them hollywood already wasn't consistent but i don't think you know we're going to get much consistency especially if they add somebody like ab and then you're looking at you know the two browns and bateman it's going to be very inconsistent usage and production so absolutely what are you trying to get for bateman then if you own bateman well you probably drafted him in the first last year True. And we're only a year removed, and the hype really hasn't died down. And we know this class is weaker than it was last year. So I'm not opposed to seeing if you can get like a one and a two this year. Yeah, I like that. I I mean, would you take, like, hypothetically, uh, I offer you Bateman for your 108 and 205? Yeah, I would prefer the 108 and 205. I think it would too. Again, I would try to move one of those picks to 23, probably knowing, but um, if you're looking to get guys immediately, I still like who's going to be there at eight for sure. And two, five. 
in my home league, Bateman just got traded away for the 107 and a fourth. Okay, that's interesting. Because I, I was also going to say, I'm not sure that everybody took Bateman in the first. Like, he was kind of fringe. Some people might have drafted him early, too. I mean, in that range for sure. But some people, some leagues may have gotten him in the second. It kind of depends when you drafted and, and where it was at. Because he fluctuated a little bit. I mean, when he went to Baltimore, people were definitely like worried about that landing spot. And um, I know one of my leagues that drafts later, I believe he was 201. Um, just because I think people got scared of that landing spot a little bit. But I'm going to pull up. I didn't know if you were pulling something up, but um, let's just see what he's going for on DLF. It's probably still a decent amount, a first round at least. It's not updating. There it goes. Um, okay, the first one is Bateman for Corey Davis and Michael Gallup. I'll type Bateman there. Mm, I don't. I like Gallup a lot. I'm. I'm definitely. But yeah, I would try to get. I would be interested in Gallup plus, but not Davis. I would prefer yeah. to get like Gallup and a second or something like that. Yeah, that trade is essentially Gallup for Bateman. Yeah. Um, Bateman for Elijah Mitchell. Ooh. I would prefer Mitchell. That one. That one's close. Probably. Uh, yeah. Close. I, I think. I think I'd lean Mitchell there ever so ever so slightly. Another one, Bateman for Mitchell. A lot of these are just really he's been in a lot of big trades. There's not like many one for ones here. Ooh, Bateman for Chase Claypool. Claypool. No questions. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of all over the map. The next one is Antonio Brown and Brandon Cooks for Bateman, which I mean, I guess I could see it, but I'd I'd prefer I'd I'd prefer well <laughs> I'd I'd probably prefer Bateman, but like if Brown signs and you're competing this year, that could be Yeah, it could be big. Could be big. But anyways, that's kind of uh just kind of the value of Bateman there. All right. These next two are are fairly similar, but um We'll just kind of run with them. Hobo Dinosaur asks, what are the worst landing spots for some of the free agent slash rookies that you have seen rumored and why? Pretty broad question here. So I just kind of, you know, go with it however you may like. But um, the, the first guy that comes to mind for me is a free agent, David Njoku, because I have been collecting him in all of my two tight end leagues and waiting for this day and knowing that he was a great fit for the chargers and they have ton of cap space. And I think they will be interested, but Njoku has said he wants to go back. He wants to, he would love to finish his, his full career in Cleveland. And I think it was Mary Kay Corbett. Is that her name? Um, reported the other day that the Browns are prepared to pay him a contract um, with an average annual salary of in the double digit millions um, knowing that that's what he would get on the open market. And so if that's true and they're going to offer him that and he wants to be there, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Um, the nice thing is 
Austin Hooper, his contract, the dead cap, if they let go of him before the June 1st um, period, he he has like eight million, eight nine million in dead cap. But if they wait until after June 1st, I think it's like two million. So I think he's. I don't think Austin Hooper will be on the roster next year. I think post June one, they'll look to trade or cut him. And that moves Njoku, you know, they kind of do run some two tight end stuff. So you'll see Njoku and Harrison Bryant. Um, but we, we just know what this Cleveland offense is. And, you know, we've seen so many flashes from Njoku and I love, I love the dude. I would love, love, love to see him with Herbert in that chargers offense. Um, but I just feel like, these these rumors that he loves Cleveland and they're going to offer him this. I mean, if that's true, I don't think there's any way he leaves. I don't want any part of the Cleveland offense. I mean, I'll still take Njoku, but yeah, I'm definitely not. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson would be the ultimate neutralizer in that situation. If he somehow ends up in Cleveland, then everyone becomes interesting again. Yep, that is so true. That would be uh, such a great landing as long, spot. As, as long as Baker's there, and I mean... You have to assume they draft the wide receiver. If for some reason they don't, I think yep. Njoku probably comes a little more interesting just because it would be him versus Peoples-Jones and somebody like Anthony Schwartz, which is not exactly the greatest wide receiver room in the history. Right. I do think they'll draft a wide receiver high. And, and they're, I mean, all indications are that they feel good about Baker. They believe he was playing injured last year and that he's going to have a nice bounce back year. But the thing with Njoku, the reason I'm surprised that they're going to offer him this contract, I think, for one, they don't want, like, oftentimes a tight end's best years are after their first, after their rookie contract, because it takes some time for these guys to develop. I think they don't want to, you know, put in this development and see him go thrive somewhere else. But, I mean, they, they're they fine with cap. I can't remember the exact number. They're, they're okay, but they got to extend Denzel Ward um, I think they're trying to keep Jadavian Clowney. And I mean, by all indications, they want to keep Baker around. They may extend him. So, I mean, that's a lot of money to go around. So we'll see. But that's kind of the my fear. Um, you know, when this question was asked, that was my initial thought was Njoku. So what about you, Matt? you have any free agents or rookies that where you just don't want to see them land that they may be rumored to? I don't know. Honestly, I haven't seen a lot of bad landing spots. I've seen some good ones. Obviously, I don't want Melvin Gordon to return. I still don't think he does, but that's on the table until it's not. I haven't seen anything for OJ Howard, unfortunately. I know we both like him. Uh, Chris Godwin seems to be coming back. That was that was the talk of, of the press conferences today. He's not leaving Tampa, going to sign a multi-year deal. I actually like that. That was that was my prediction all along. I think he needs to stay there. It's a good fit. Devontae Adams is probably coming back to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And who is the, who is the other one? Allen Robinson is a free agent. DJ Shark, Juju, I think. Gallup, too. Yeah, I think Gallup's going back to Dallas. So, so I feel like the free agent wide receiver market just got like really shallow today. Or not really, but more shallow today than, than maybe what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, true. I mean, I think a lot of these guys are going to go back. Like I think shark sends a short deal, but I think Jacksonville also, you said that get, like, yeah, Robinson. earlier. I hope DJ shark signs a one year deal and goes back. I don't, I'm leaning towards the side that it doesn't happen though. 
Interesting. Why? Because I feel like you because were on that before. I was, but I was actually surprised at how many teams have shown interest in him. Now, I, I dropped this in our Discord just because a team is interested in a player doesn't mean that the player's interest is, is reciprocated. So it has to be a mutual interest from both sides. But there are, in my opinion, I thought a surprisingly large number of teams, five or six teams that are interested in DJ Shark and his services, even coming off of the nasty ankle injury that he suffered, I believe was earlier in the year against Cincinnati. So I'm inclined to believe that the money might be better elsewhere. I think that even if it's like a two year deal. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to see him signing like a four year, five year deal because it's probably going to be lower value than what he could get if he came back and played a healthy year. But I think it also depends. I mean, if these top guys all go back to their, their places, the wide receiver market dries up pretty quickly, right? So if, if, you know, Godwin, Adams, Gallup, all those guys are off the board, DJ Shark becomes more and more attractive to these teams that really need somebody. So I think that'll play a factor. I'm still not sure Gallup goes back to Dallas. I know they said they want to make him a priority, but I think they'd be better served signing Dalton Schultz. And frankly, I think they should get out of Amari Cooper's contract. I think ultimately they'll probably restructure, but we know that Dallas and Jerry Jones just loves the stars, right? He loves star players to have the star on their helmet. So I don't think he's going to want to move on from Cooper and they're not in a great cap situation at all. So if I were them, I would, I would, I would probably try to get out of Cooper and and bring back Gallup and Schultz, but I don't think they're going to necessarily move on from Cooper. So I think it makes the money a little tricky and they also have, you know, Randy Gregory and, and guys on defense to take care of. So that one's interesting to me. I think, um, I don't know. I could see him going like Chicago needs somebody, but you know, I mean, imagine if Dar- Shark goes to Chicago. Like, how do you feel? Because he's probably going to be the number one. But like, we didn't see much from Justin Fields. It's a new, new coaching staff there, but it's a defensive guy. You have Luke Getzey coming over. Like, you know, it's kind of a weird land. There's a lot of landing spots like that where it's like, I don't know how to feel. If he goes to New England, I think he's the clear one. And I'm sure Hokey's listening to this or somebody else about thinking, oh my God, Jacoby Myers is the one. No, that's not the case. <laughs> Just yeah. I think they're gonna I, I, my prediction for the Patriots is that they're gonna trade for Calvin Ridley. Either that or they sign Allen Robinson. They need a because that's been the Belichick way. Clear cut one. No, like no questions asked kind of guy. He's the one. And then a handful of ro- role player guys. Yep. I think I think the best option for fantasy success would be for DJ Shark to stay in Jacksonville and be Trevor Lawrence's one. I don't know how Peterson necessarily feels about Shark, so I have to wait and see. I do think a guy like LaVisca takes a step this year. I finally think he's in the right spot. I don't know how big of a step, but I think it's going to get better, even if it's minimal. Marvin Jones has one year left. I'm not entirely sure. I know Shark was interested to be uh, – the Eagles. Yeah, I think that's a really good pairing with Devontae Smith. Uh, Jalen Hurts taking that that quote unquote second year leap from his you know first full season starting last year. I, I think that would be a really good spot. I don't know if that would be super fantasy friendly, just because Devontae Smith is there as well as Dallas Goddard. I think that would be a better real life move than fantasy move. Yeah. And they, they've missed on some, I mean, Jalen Rager, like, could they take another wide receiver? And I mean, I know they have three first round picks, but that'd be three years in a row. You'd spend 
a first round pick on a wide yeah. receiver and they have a uh, hit and miss. I mean, they don't have a great track record with that. So they may just say, let's just sign one in free agency and, and be done with that. It's very possible. I, I think, I think something to watch would be a first or a second in Jalen Rager for Calvin Ridley. I think that would be something to watch. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'd like, like you said, I'd like to see Shark back in Jacksonville. I don't know if there's another spot that's has the same fantasy appeal that Jacksonville does right now. Yeah, I think Jacksonville is really interesting. I think they're going to be active and I could also see that I love Dan Arnold. I hope he's just the guy, but I mean, Doug Peterson did utilize two tight ends, obviously in Philadelphia. I could see them adding somebody like, like Evan Ingram, I think would be interesting, even though he has his warts because he plays in the slot and out wide a lot. So you can utilize him as a wide receiver and or a tight end. So you can run those two tight end sets, but you can also utilize him as a receiver, but either way, Lawrence needs more pass catchers. And I think it would be great if they do bring shark back and, and even add more pieces, but um, how there was a follow-up question. I was going to ask you, I don't know if it was around Gallup or, or, or can't think of anybody else. Obviously there's a lot of good free agent running back spots. You know, the Falcons needed somebody jets need somebody. Yeah, the Jets are an interesting team to watch because they have a lot of cap Dolph- space. Dolphins need somebody. Yeah, so the Dolphins. Like, I, I could see and, the Dolphins going after Fournette. And, and, and we had talked about that. You know, Melvin Gordon, I'm not entirely sure that he's seeking money. Kind of the vibe that we got, at least is which I'm pretty sure it's what you said. He's seeking more playing time than anything. Obviously, money plays a factor, but he doesn't want to be the 1B behind Javante, which I think would be what it is. I feel like their roles would kind of switch where Javante would take, you know, like that maybe instead of 50-50, it's more like 55-45 kind of split behind Javante. And I, I just I just don't think he wants that. So I, I do yep. he leaves and goes somewhere else. But he's, you know, I splitting a backfield with the Jets and Michael Carter. I mean, I feel like that would be a good spot. That was my prediction in another uh Splitting the backfield in Atlanta with Cordell Patterson. Like, I'm here for that, too. That's another great spot. Yeah, I think any of those are. Um, I think the Chargers could sign a free agent behind Eckler. Um, Probably not like a Melvin. I mean, probably wouldn't bring Gordon back, but maybe kind of a second-tier free agent running back like, um, uh, I don't know, Tony Michelle or – I'm trying to think who else is out there, but you're right. I mean, there's, there's plenty of good, uh, good landing spots. I, I think Miami is probably the best. Cause I think that offense is going to improve and they are just, I mean, Gaskin's fine, but it's kind of wide open there for somebody to come in. And I think like Fournette, I mentioned, I think he could, he could be that guy there. Um, but Buffalo, you know, Buffalo, could Buffalo use the guy. Buffalo, Melvin Gordon, and Singletary would be a good one too. Zach Moss ain't it. We can move on. Yep, hundred percent. Move on from him. Um, one interesting name, JD McKissick, really good pass catching back. I just get the vibe that New England's gonna because James White's a free agent and he's been banged up a lot. I mean, I could definitely see him and JD McKissick in New England, and he would he would thrive. Like he's a guy I'm I'm potentially poking I, around about. I, that is interesting. I know Washington kind of wants him back. I feel like Washington wants him back, but they're also on the fence because they're like, we think Gibson can be this guy too. We're just yep. not sure. Can he hold up? You know, had the turf toe, and then the what was it? The shin splints that 
you know, cracked bone in his leg last year. So I feel like they kind of like they want Gibson, but they're not really sure. Yep. But yeah, I agree with that. So I I feel like JD McKissick is going to hit the market. I don't think they'll get a deal done in the next two weeks. I'd be surprised if they did. And then I do think he's a guy. He's never been paid big, so I do think he's a guy that's gonna that's gonna want to get that contract. You know, who's who's offering the big money, uh, respectively. So I yeah, I I like that. That's interesting. Which then in turn is kind of a win win because then that opens up Gibson to that. Maybe exactly. that CMC role, we, we, we might, that might still happen. We might've just been a year early. Yep. I agree. And I've been, I didn't buy into Gibson last year, but I have been that, like, I'm trying to get Gibson and I would, you know, be interested in acquiring McKissick for cheap too, if they split yep. up. Uh, so that's an interesting one, but just, you know, kind of gives you guys some perspective on, um, like you mentioned, Matt, Melvin Gordon, you're, you're right. He's looking for a bigger role more so than just the contract he wants to be the guy so um i think fournette probably wants to get paid and be the guy but um you know because he he hasn't had a big contract yet but just kind of give you a little bit of the lay of the land there and that kind of rolls into our last question from hoagie um you mentioned him hoagie in the discard he he said he enjoyed our qb episode and he wants to hear one surrounding wide receivers running backs and tight ends but um you know, we kind of just talked about the free agent landscape a little bit. Um, are there any guys specifically that you're keeping an eye on, Matt? I know for me, again, I go to Njoku. I think the tight end market is going to be really interesting because Ian Thomas just got, was it like six mil per year, which was surprising to me. So that kind of sets the bar. I think some of these tight ends are going to get paid, man, because there's there's a few good ones. And the teams that all like need one have a lot of cap space like you look up top and it's like the chargers and the jets and the colts and teams like that so um i think that i think the tight end market is just going to be really interesting but i do think we're going to see with the wide receivers a lot of them go back to their original teams i think running backs are going to be the ones where we see a lot of movement and then you know a little bit of both with tight ends but i don't know i guess are there any just specific free agents that you're interested in keeping an eye on Matt? I'm, I'm watching Gasicki because I'm interested to see if his title gets changed from tight end to wide receiver. That is, if, yeah, that's so if, fascinating to me. If Gasicki stays as a tight end and he hits the free agent market, I expect him to get paid like a lot. And I'd be excited for that. You know, him in the chargers offense, I think would be supreme, but for fantasy, if his tag gets changed to a wide receiver, I'm not sure he's a top 24 wide receiver. I'm not yeah. sure he's the top 36. Well, he's probably 36-ish in that range. But there's something about just his play style. And I, I know that he wants to get paid like a wide receiver because he understands that he's not good at blocking. But Well, and the, the Dolphins can tag him as a tight end, put the franchise tag on him, which is like, 8 million less than a wide receiver franchise tag is. And if you remember back in like 2014, Jimmy Graham protested it, but he didn't have, they pointed to like his slot, his snaps, you know, he played in the slot. Somebody didn't play out wide really. And um, all of his social media was tagged as a tight end. And he was listed as a tight end everywhere. Gasicki, if you look, none of that is, is true. He calls himself a big slot receiver. Um, I know. And he spends so much time out there. So it's going to be interesting to watch because it is really unfair to have a guy like that tagged for like 8 million less than, you know, a wide receiver. But 
I would I would be interested with the Chargers. It would be kind of curious because Keenan 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 Allen plays out of the slot so much, and Gesicki's basically a big slot guy. But you would, I mean, you'd love him in that offense regardless. They would find Absolutely. ways to utilize him. So, and then I think some other guys that I'm paying attention to aren't necessarily big names, but if they leave, it affects somebody that's currently on a team. Uh, another tight end I'm excited about is Irv Smith. I read an article from the athletic. It would, they, uh, Tyler Conklin was actually interviewed and he said that it's, he'd like to be back in Minnesota, but he doesn't expect that. It, I, 2022. I feel, I feel like we're finally going to get the Irv Smith breakout, the new offense. Uh, what was it? O'Connell coming over where Higby was the guy along with, uh, you know, two wide receivers. So I'm excited for Irv Smith. I think that's another sneaky buy right now. I don't feel like anybody's really selling low at the moment, but I feel like he's a guy that could be really beneficial from someone like Conklin leaving, not because Conklin is a better player, but just because there's, you know, he's the only one left. Yep. I agree with that. I'm very interested in Irv Smith. I think Dalton Schultz is interesting because I think if he leaves Dallas, I just, <clears throat> I mean, he wasn't a great prospect, He, but he he's, he's a really good all around tight end and he just had great chemistry in that offense. But like, I think his value drops a little bit if he goes somewhere, um, you know, somewhere else like Indianapolis say or something. Well, I don't think they would cause, but you know, I mean, the Chargers obviously would be great, but like um, Jacksonville or something like I wouldn't, you know, I think his value could drop. Um, one guy who has not retired yet is Rob Gronkowski, and he specifically said he would love to play with Joe Burrow after, you know, in the past saying he would not play for another quarterback besides Tom Brady. I could definitely see Gronk playing in Cincinnati for a year, and that would be that would be awesome. I love football's just better with Gronk in it, right? That would be fun. Um, I do have a question for you. What do you think, Gerald Everett, back to Seattle or? I don't know. Goners. Don't know. I don't, I, think know. It- I don't feel like his free agency market's going to be that hot. He could be a guy that might be out there for a while and Seattle drafts a guy and then kind of decides whether they want to bring Everett back or not. But I don't anticipate Gerald Everett coming back. I think, I think it makes sense for them to, I know they like Colby Parkinson, but he hasn't stayed healthy or shown much. I think Everett could be a guy teams pivot to, like the Chargers. Like, say Gesicki, you know, gets tagged or goes back, and um, Schultz is off the market, and, and Joku goes back to Cleveland, and Ertz is gone, and all these top guys. I think Everett could be a guy that the Chargers pivot to. Um, Evan Ingram's another one. But when some of those top guys dry, dry out, I think if you're like the Chargers or or somebody like that and you – you're kind of stuck, you know, stuck without one. I think Everett's kind of one of those next guys that you pivot to. Even Max Williams has, has flashed some. Um, I think those guys would be kind of interesting pivots for some of those teams. But just wanted your perspective on that. I'm um, just looking through, like, free agent names. that are, Like Marlon Mack, interesting. He's definitely forgotten about, you know. I, again, I think maybe – I was talking about this with somebody at the gym today. I think – we said this with Melvin Gordon. I think Marlon Mack and Michael Carter could want to. Yeah, I like that. I like that landing spot for sure. Um, just gonna pull up the wide receiver list one last time. And oh, Odell Beckham. We think he's probably gonna. I think he stays. Yeah, stay in rehab. Um, Mike Williams. I mean, the Chargers have to keep him, right? I honestly don't know. 
I think he's gone, but I could easily really? see him coming back. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Just because think- it's one of those down the road things. Like, let's say for purposes that Mike Kosicki stays as a tight end, or even if he doesn't, and they give him $45 million two years from actually, I think it'd be next year. Herbert's going to want to get paid. So if you pay Mike Williams a three, two or three year big time deal, you're running out of money really quick. So I feel like in order to keep some money in your back pocket, you know, you can go get a Gesicki. You could bring Josh Palmer along, draft another guy, let Mike Williams walk, and then, you know, you're still able to give Herbert his contract next year and then still have a little left over comfortably as opposed to, you know, scraping close to the bottom of the barrel. But I could easily see him coming back. Yeah, that's a good point. That's one I hadn't really considered, but that is that is a good point, a way to get because you're gonna have to pay Herbert obviously big money and I just think the league is so much trending more towards like wide receivers used to not be quite prioritized like this, but every team with a young quarterback, it seems like they'll just do anything they can to keep wide receiving talent around. But you make a good point and they could definitely I like Josh Palmer a bit and they could draft draft a guy and bring in a Gasicki or a, a tight end like that. So um, I think Juju's definitely on the move. I I like him to go to Indy. I think that that would yep. be the, sl- the slot guy that to pair with Michael Pittman, the two. So I think that that's what that is with whoever's throwing to him. I like that. I was thinking Kirk to Indy, but he could he could be in. Kirk is probably a guy that probably leaving, but the the Cardinals have a lot of free agent. Like they have Kirk, Burks, Kirk has Simmons, been vacationing with Josh Allen this summer. So I was gonna say, Kirk yeah, bring. Buffalo makes sense. Um, he, he's a guy who could see his value rise for sure. Absolutely. All right. I think that pretty much covers it. I just wanted to kind of come through the top guys to make sure we uh, we gave everybody, I guess, what they wanted in the mailbag, right? I think we delivered. So mailbags are always fun because we get to hear from <clears throat> our listeners and and kind of what they, what they want to hear. So that was a fun episode. Um, we'll do it again, but sometimes we like to keep this stuff exclusive to our patreon members so again if you are not a member head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts so much good content coming and especially i mean sam is out today but he's he's very well connected and the combine is coming up and there's gonna be a lot of talk and chatter and we release a lot of that stuff through our patreon so go subscribe there like matt mentioned ffballallday.com we have our dynasty rankings which are tiered our tiered rankings can be found there free and, um, you know, lots of other good, good articles. So next week we'll be back um, with some, some news notes and, and reaction to the NFL combine. So we'll see you back here then on the fantasy scouts podcast, where we bring you inside info. You won't get anywhere else. <laughs>